Hey y'all, I'm your host, Rita, and you're listening to The Backpacking Introvert, a podcast where I unpack the mind, connect with my love of nature, and write outside the lines. Thank you for tuning in today. Out of all the podcasts, you chose mine, and I'm glad you're here. Well, hello there. It's me again here for another episode of The Backpacking Introvert. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about something very personal. Anxiety. So anxiety, what is it? The DSM-5 defines anxiety as, and this is just a couple of the definitions, there's a, a few more than this. But these are the two that hit close home to me. Excessive anxiety and worry, apprehensive expectation, occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities, such as work or school performance. The worst part of anxiety, in my opinion, is the latter part when, according to the DSM-5, the anxiety and worry are associated with three or more of the following six symptoms, with at least some symptoms present for more days than not for the past six months. And those symptoms are restlessness or feeling keyed up or on edge, being easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance. Difficulty falling or staying asleep or restless, unsatisfying sleep. So I say these are the worst symptoms because these are the ones that I get the most when my anxiety flares up. Sometimes with anxiety, you may or may not experience panic attacks. I remember my first panic attack was when I was living in Mexico. I was teaching first graders for the first time ever. I had no prior experience, excuse me, teaching little, so I had no proper training for classroom management. The school was desperate for an English teacher, and while I had the skills to teach English, I did not have the skills to manage a classroom of kids. One day, in my frustration to rally up the children, I started feeling restless, irritable, and suddenly had difficulty breathing and my heart rate was accelerating. I felt dizzy and immediately had to leave the room because I felt like I was going to pass out. It is the worst feeling in the world, especially if you're experiencing it, experiencing it for the first time and have no clue as to what is happening to you. My world was spinning out of control and fast. Needless to say, I asked to go home early and they let me. I have had milder panic attacks uh, since, but very far and few in between. There was a time many years ago, I got them more frequently as I moved through dealing with issues from my past I never knew I had. With the help of a therapist, I was diagnosed with anxiety along with another diagnosis I'm not quite ready to share. I learned at the time that prayer and exercise is what helped me to combat my anxiety. Sometimes I combine the two, especially if I was running. I would pray the rosary or just have a long prayerful conversation with God while I ran, sometimes both. Everyone has their way of coping with anxiety or managing it, and this has been mine. When I started to hike more, I mixed prayer with hiking. Since I have not been able to fully, really run in a long time until just recently, I have not released anxiety in that way. I instead have other, use other forms of exercise. However, when I am experiencing anxiety, running is what my body craves. That or solo hiking in the mountains. Since I've started to hike more and more over the past few years, hiking is what my body craves because 
you know, if you have ever read Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, you know that the body remembers. It remembers trauma, triggers, and other things such as my running that go with these feelings. I have to listen to my body. Your body knows when something is not right. Mental health is physical health and vice versa. The last time I had a flare-up of my anxiety was probably a month or so ago. I was experiencing a great amount of anxiety that I was literally shaking uncontrollably from head to toe, and I felt a little nauseous. Yes, nausea is another side effect that can come with anxiety. At least it does for me. I feel physical symptoms of sickness. However, because I am self-aware, I know exactly what my body is experiencing and what to do to control it. Becoming self-aware of your body and your feelings is crucial to regaining self-control. Otherwise, it can take over your mental state and the anxiety will have you feeling and looking unstable. Now, if you have anxiety too, and this is not how you feel, that is okay. I am just speaking about my experience. And on another note, there are different levels of anxiety. You can have a very mild to moderate to extreme um, cases of anxiety. And with me personally, I can fall anywhere in between those scales, depending on what is happening in my life or what's triggering that anxiety rather. When I do not have um, control over my anxiety, or even now if I don't control it and it controls me, I become emotionally and or mentally unstable. And not in the way that I'm crazy, you know. Everyone may not experience anxiety in the same way, but you may find similarities in what I'm talking about. So I try not to let my anxiety get that way where it makes me emotionally or mentally unstable. And I'll explain a little bit what I mean by that uh, a little bit later. So for those who don't understand anxiety at this level, it can be shocking to the other person externally experiencing it on the receiving end. It may appear that that person with anxiety is annoying, may be needy, may have irrational or negative thoughts, or just difficult to be around. Typically, the ones who are on the receiving end are the significant others or those in close frequent contact with the individual experiencing the anxiety. If those people who are close to the individual with anxiety don't understand their way of functioning or thinking, it can be difficult for the person who is going through it and also may strain the relationship. Some people may have extreme versions of this anxiety where it requires them to be medicated. Fortunately for me, my anxiety has yet to reach to such a degree. Normally, my anxiety is triggered by something. I have triggers that I have to be aware of as well and work through them. Uh, That's important to know. You know, when you have a trigger, you're not supposed to shut the trigger down. You're supposed to pretty much analyze the trigger. What what is it that I'm feeling? Why am I being triggered? You're supposed to process it and not squander it. So that's important to mention. Anyway, so um, if I don't or I am blindsided by them, then my anxiety takes over. Sometimes, sorry, if I am ready... Already in an emotional state, it makes it difficult to manage the triggers or see them. This is why exercising is such an important part of managing my anxiety and is also preventative care. Um, And it's something I haven't really been doing very much um, in the past several months as frequently as I used to. I used to work out like four, five times a week 
And that really helped me with, you know, a lot of areas in my life. Not to mention my physical health. Um, So if you are someone you know has anxiety, I encourage you to find out what helps you to manage it if you have not already. And if you are just someone who knows someone who's experiencing that anxiety, perhaps, I mean, it's not your responsibility to control their anxiety. It's not your responsibility for what they're feeling and whatnot. But it would be helpful as a way to be supportive is to help them figure out what calms them down, what soothes them and just be supportive and be there and listen to them when they're going through that anxiety and help them process it. You know, sometimes just talking about the anxiety helps um, and having somebody there listen to you as you're struggling with anxiety, because then talking about it out loud kind of helps the other person to um, process those triggers if there is a trigger, you know, so that they can hear themselves out loud and 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 um, get a better understanding of themselves at, at that point. And, and if it's something like if they're in an extreme state, it could also help them, you know, lower their level of anxiety as well. Um, it may, you know, everybody's different. I have to put that out there, that everybody's different in how they handle it and what soothes them and whatnot. So you have to find what works for you. So um, keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that Anxiety is not stress. Stress is much different from anxiety. Some confuse the two and they think they are interchangeable, but they're not. Stress is defined as an emotional strain or pressure. Think of stress as more temporary rather than anxiety that can be prolonged. I have been dealing with my anxiety for years um, and I have had ups and downs with it. There have been times I have plateaued with my anxiety and felt fine for months on end. No anxiety at all. Uh, You would never tell that I struggle with anxiety. And and I understand that I'm not anxiety. That's another thing to point out. If you have something that you're struggling with as far as with your mental health, you are not that. Um, Just like, for example, somebody who has diabetes, you are not diabetes. You have diabetes, but that's not who you are. So that's very important to separate your anxiety from who you are as a person, your identity, and not attach yourself to that anxiety. Um, and I and I think that's really important also to mention. Um, anyway, you know, surprisingly, during the pandemic, I have not had any horrible flare-ups, as one would imagine, because I know a lot of people during this time have maybe experienced anxiety for the first time um, or have had new mental health issues pop up because of the pandemic. And ironically enough for me, that hasn't happened. Yes, I've had maybe, you know, elevated levels of stress at some points, but I would not say that I've had anxiety because for me, my level of anxiety, it reaches a certain point and that's when I really feel it. So my body feels it. And that's something um, it's important to know um, if you are experiencing anxiety and you're not aware of the somatic experience that goes with feeling the anxiety. Like you, you know, you're feeling something somatically, but at the same time, you're not pinpointing it. And that's really important to pinpoint those things. So I know some individuals that um, have had anxiety and they may have 
frequent anxiety attacks, but I have only had less than a handful uh, thus far, just in this year. So lately, my anxiety has resurfaced in a way that I have not felt in a long time. So it remembers um, things that have happened in my life. It could be sorrow. It could be pain. It could be a feeling that, you know, in a relationship where I felt, you know, abandonment. So, you know, when you're, you're rejected and somebody abandons you in a way, you know, you get those feelings of abandonment. Uh, any trauma that I've experienced in my life that it can be triggered, then that um, that can alter my level of anxiety. Um, and then it'll play, like I said earlier, irrational thoughts in my head. So I and I try to combat those thoughts because A, I know better. And then two, or B, my self-awareness of what is happening to me is that it is irrational rather than playing into them. So I'm aware that they're rational. Somebody who's not aware that they're rational will play into them. They won't realize they're having these irrational thoughts unless somebody kind of points it out to them or they process these things in their mind um, out loud. So um, despite that, you know, all that, my anxiety does not wane. You know, I still, even though I know better, even though I have this self-awareness, that doesn't necessarily mean that my anxiety is, you know, instantly zapped. No. But what sometimes soothes my soul or in, in releases the anxiety is remembering that my body remembers something is not right. And that's why I'm feeling the anxiety. So it remembers the what of if not, the what that is not right. And that if I have anxiety, it is because my body is trying to tell me something, but I'm really not listening. I'm not playing close. I am not paying, excuse me, close attention to what my body is telling me. And and I have to remind myself, you know, who I am. You know, I've come a long way in my growth. And I think I've talked about that before in previous podcasts of, you know, going through my graduate program has really dug deep into any issues I've ever had in my life. Even the ones, you know, I may have thought, oh, I'm over that. No, let's, you know, my graduate program is just like, let's pull that out. (laughs) Because, you know, in becoming a therapist, it's really important that you work through those issues so that you can help others work through their issues. And you already have that experience. Um, and I said it before, you know, I, I'm a flawed human. I'll always have something to work through. But having that consciousness is very helpful and being aware and being like, oh, but the, I know that this is what's happening. I know that this thought is this. And and so you view things a little bit different when you know you're experiencing something. But the bottom line is that it doesn't take away my humanity. You know, I'm human. And I'm going to experience emotions and that are intense. Um, I'm going to probably experience or have experiences rather that may cause me to experience or feel these way kinds of ways and have these somatic um, symptoms and whatnot. And it just speaks to to me as a human being. I, it, it's 
just because I know all these things and the right way to deal with them, it doesn't mean that my humanity stops and that these issues just magically disappear. And and I'm not a full therapist yet, even though, you know, I am providing therapy sessions to my clients that I do have now. I have a full caseload. Um, I'm not fully licensed. I'm still learning through this process. And I'm learning a lot about myself as well. And I'm learning how to help my clients. And I'm hoping that by sharing this personal testimony of my anxiety, that maybe it will help somebody. Or maybe it'll just me be <laughs> releasing what I feel and helping me to feel better and for me to manage through it um, because I'm processing it out loud. Um, or maybe it'll help somebody who knows somebody who um, suffers from anxiety. Like if maybe you have a significant other or a friend who experiences this anxiety and when you see them experience it, you don't know how to help them or you don't understand their thinking. And for you, you're just like, really? Or you may get annoyed. Like I said earlier, you may get annoyed with them uh, because you really don't understand them when really what somebody needs and what we all need, period, is compassion and kindness. I mean, and I feel like because I'm becoming a therapist, I, I become more compassionate and less judgmental um, because I have clients that tell me things and I'm just like, um, I don't see them for what they tell me that they've done. If they've done something um, that they regret in their past, that maybe wasn't the best decision. I'm looking at them for who they are now. And I'm looking for the fact that they've come to me for help and, and they, I feel honored that they've come to me for help and that they have that therapeutic alliance with me to want to keep coming to me for that help. And, and that feels good to me and it's, it's affirming. And I've always talked about that um, before. Well, I talked to other people about that and, and I think I've mentioned it in another podcast of mine. Um, so, you know, I know that while I am, like I said, a therapist in training, it, all this stuff is just not going to go awash. It's stuff that I have to process and I have to deal with. And I hope that if you are suffering from anxiety, that you are able to um, process it and not just stay quiet with it. I mean, even if it is an anxiety, maybe it's depression for you. I don't know what you're dealing with. Um, whatever it is, it's surfacing up for you. I hope that you would take the time to process your feelings and sit in them be as, as uncomfortable as they are, as difficult as it is. It is so important to sit with those feelings and process them and also talk to your body and to yourself. And cause I do that now I, I talk to my body. I'm like, what is it you're feeling? You know? What are you trying to tell me? And and also, you know, tapping into, you know, the inner child. I mean, why are you feeling this? I don't know. Say for you, it's abandonment. Why are you feeling that feelings of abandonment? What is causing this? Um, and so on and so forth. Why are you feeling this so great sorrow or 
I don't know, whatever feeling that's popping up, whatever negative, irrational thoughts come up as well. How do you process that? Um, what do you tell yourself? Because a lot of it is, you know, what are you telling yourself? And for me, what I try to remind myself is like, remember who you are and you are not the anxiety. And to remember also, not just that I'm not the anxiety, but remember who I am in my value as an individual. Because sometimes when you have anxiety, you can have some very negative, irrational thoughts that can take you to a dark place if you let it, if you allow it, and you just let yourself sit in the anxiety instead of processing and questioning it and um, sifting through it in a healthy way. Um, many times with my anxiety, it makes me want to go exercise. So that's probably what I'm going to do, um, a lot lately because of how my anxiety is surfacing. Um, but it's also very telling of, for me, it's telling me that whatever is causing me this anxiety is not meant for me. It, it does not need to hold space in my space and I need to let go of whatever that may be. Um, in my life, because nothing is ever worth your mental health. I don't care who you are. Nothing is ever worth your mental health. Um, I'll give you a prime example. I'm in my job. I'm being offered a stipend to complete something. And I'm like, if I add something more on my plate, my mental health is going to go out the window. <laughs> You can just say goodbye to me being able to stand on my two feet. Um, I, I'm just going to crash and burn. <laughs> and that's my boundary with myself. That's my limitation. I know my limitation. And I, and no, I know that I have a lot on my plate and adding something else. While, you know, maybe other people might think, well, you should do it because, you know, you're supposed to do it. I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be at this job next year when it's really, truly required. So for me, it's a wash. I mean, like I had a coworker mention to me the other day. She's like, but it's a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and you might think to my, you might think to, to yourself, man, she's really going to give up a thousand dollars. I'm like, yes, I am going to give up a thousand dollars for my mental health because there is no price for your mental health. Your mental health is priceless. You cannot put a price tag on that. And if it's going to cause me more mental stress to earn the 1K, you bet your butt I am not going to be doing it. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Your mental health is literally wealth. I mean, I could, you know, be doing something else and getting 1K um, probably much faster if I really wanted it. And, you know, yes, I, who doesn't need an extra thousand dollars, but uh, especially me, since I'm trying to quit my job at the end of my contract. But the point is take care of your mental health, no matter what it is that may be plaguing you, even if it's just temporary, talk to somebody about it, process it, ask for support, reach out, don't do it alone. Definitely don't do it alone. 
Um, and I luckily, luckily for me, I have a great support system or people that I know that I can immediately reach out to, even if they don't immediately respond back or whatever. Um, I have that. And of course I do have a therapist too, because every, every, um, therapist in training needs a therapist. It is very helpful. And even when you're already get your license, you're supposed to have a therapist that you see periodically. Um, so I'm not ashamed to say that. Anyway, I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your short stories, sorry, um, that you would share with me. I, I feel like our stories tell a lot about who we are and it's important to share them because sometimes we find a lot of similarities with each other because we are all human beings and we all have a story to tell. And if we're more compassionate and kinder to each other, this world would be just a little bit better. Thank you for tuning in today. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed speaking to you. Make sure that you're following my Instagram page to stay up to date for the next episode. That's all for today. And you are listening to the Backpacking Introvert. Until next time.